0: God-created quartets, huh? I sure am. I'm going to give my Lynn Jenkins disclaimer here. I have a new appreciation for the pastor this week. We're praying this sermon. We have a, a very good pastor, amen? And he'll be back in two weeks, thank goodness. Okay, Enoch, a man we hear about in the Bible, and what do we think of? A man who walked with God and who was taken by God, and you know, there's not a lot in the Bible about Enoch, but there is a little bit. And I did some studying this week because I thought it'd be a good sermon. And just uh, let that come down here. Who was Enoch? Enoch was one of a holy line, one of those the line that preserves of the truth of faith. He was the son of Jared. Jared, and he was the seventh from Adam. Adam had Seth, and then Seth had Enos, Enos had Canaan, Canaan of and then Jared, and then Enoch. So he was one of the seventh of the generations of this earth. He learned the story of the fall from the lips of Adam. Wouldn't that be a great, not that that would be a great thing, but... To hear about that story from Adam, to sit on Adam's lap and to hear from Adam what had happened and the, what Jesus said was going to happen, that he might have salvation again. That was from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 84, that I found that. Enoch was also the father of Methuselah. Who's Methuselah? The longest living man on this earth. He was, Enoch was his father. More importantly, Enoch loved... And he feared God. He reverenced God. God was his best friend, which we'll see. And he kept God's Ten Commandments. He's a good inspiration that if he can, we can. He lived up just before the flood. He walked with God and never saw death. The only man to ever, never see death. He lived more than 300 years on this earth. And it's interesting, the Patriarchs and Prophets says that as he learned more about God, he loved more about God, and he studied more, and he prayed more. And I think that's just a great thing. And at the end of, his, end of his time on this earth, his absence was felt on this earth by those who knew him. Wouldn't that be a great testimony of our lives? If we could go through this life, and when we're gone, people missed us because we were godly, and that there was an absence felt on the earth because we were gone. I think that would be a great witness of our lives totally being fulfilled with God's will. Enoch prayed. That's one thing he did. He prayed a lot. In fact, in, in Patriarchs and Proverbs, page 85, it says, Enoch was a man of strong and highly cultivated mind and extensive knowledge. So he was a smart guy. He wasn't somebody who was, who wasn't, uh, who was just ignorant. He was smart. He was honored with special revelations from God. Yet being in constant communion with heaven, the closer the connection with God, the deeper was his sense of his own weakness and imperfection. And you know, sometimes I, I find this through a lot of people's Christian experiences, is, is when they first find God, they're on fire for God, aren't we? When we first find out about God, we're on fire. And as the days and the years go by, do we kind of get a little bit... And not, not disinterested in what's going on, because we already know this. We have, here it's saying that, that Enoch, as he learned more about God, he became more on fire for God. The more he prayed, the more he wanted to pray. The more he wanted to know about God's, God's will for his life, the more he wanted to be like God and be in his, be in his, in, in his will for his life. And wouldn't that be good? And he lived here 300 years or more. Wouldn't it be a great thing for us to pray that as we learn more about God, we want to learn more about God? And I think the Lord will let us do that. Enoch avoided constant associations with this. He lived in the antediluvian world, or the world before the flood. And you know it says in the Bible, in Revelation, that as the days of Noah, so will the end of the time be. So we're kind of living in that area too, aren't we? And so as as Enoch would go out and see people, he also avoided constant association. Which means he did associate, and he did tell people about... God's love for them, but he would also not associate that much. He wouldn't stay in constant association. He would step back and he would spend time in solitude, giving himself to meditation and prayer. Maybe who knows where he went, maybe the wilderness, maybe his home. But he knew he was he knew it was important to spend time alone with God in solitude and that he would have time to pray to God. And to lift his heart to God and to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Help me, Lord, to be close to you, to, to obey, abide by your, your will for my life. He knew that he had to have balance in his life to associate with people who needed to know about Christ, but also to take time away that he might strengthen himself to know. And I think there's lots of people in the Bible that we can draw that from. Daniel did the same thing and Paul did the same thing and Jesus did the same thing. He would spent much time in prayer. And solitude. I think that just strengthens us as we go through life and as we associate with people outside of, uh, of religion who don't have any religion, who maybe don't like religion. We need to have witness to those people. But I think unless we take time to, to spend with Christ ourselves and pray, we won't be able to do that. And he waited for God, for the Lord, seeking a clearer knowledge of his will, that he might perform it. I think that's another important point that Enoch did. He waited for God to tell him what he wanted him to do. He, st- he stepped out in faith a lot, but he also did that. He also wanted God's will to be done, and he waited for God to tell him what to do. And the only way we can do that is if we have prayer in our lives and meditation, because that's our communion link with Christ, isn't it? It says uh, also in Adventist Home, page 212, Brethren, pray at home, in your family, night and morning. Pray earnestly in your closet and while engaged in your daily labor. Isn't that amazing? When are we not supposed to pray? There is never any time that we don't pray, is there? We are supposed to pray with our family, in our home, at night, in the morning, when we're engaged in our labor, that, That quote there tells me we are supposed to pray to God all the time for strength. Lift up your soul to God in prayer. It was thus that Enoch walked with God. Enoch did that same thing. He just didn't pray in the morning. He prayed all the time. And that's one of his big benefits of walking with God. He knew when to pray, which was all the time. That communication with God. It was thus that Enoch walked with God. The silent, fervent prayer of the soul will rise like holy incense to the throne of grace and will be acceptable to God as if offered in the sanctuary. And you know our Sabbath school lesson day was kind of on the sanctuary a little bit. And just think about that incense rising up over the most holy place and into God's presence. I think our prayers are the same way. God listens and hears every one of our prayers and he wants to answer every one of our prayers and to give us that strength. But he wants us to ask for it. Because something by asking, we have more power and we, we're more acceptable of our answer from God. And God's Loves those silent prayers every day, all day long. It's just like maybe if we call our, our best friend on the cell phone, we just call him up and say hi. We can do the same thing with God. We have a constant link, and it never gets shorted out. It never. We never have no service. It's always there. We just have to sit and just take a few seconds to say, Lord, help me out. I need strength for what I'm going to do right now. I'm the devil's tempting me to, to buy this. Caffeinated. So whatever it is, caffeinated, please give me strength to not do that. And that's just as important to God as the other things. He wants us to continually lean on Him to, to um, follow His will for our lives, just like Enoch walked with God in that. In the Bible it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Does it say just for the important things? No, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It doesn't just mean that we have to ask for things. We can just thank the Lord. Maybe we just miss being hit in a stoplight or something. Maybe we can just thank God for that. Just like I think Enoch did that a lot. I think he, and throughout his day he saw things that the Lord gave him and he might have just prayed for the beautiful sunset or for the beautiful sunrise or for the beautiful plants that the Lord or for whatever it is. That he saw throughout the day. God wants us to open up in communication to him with prayer. Truly he wants us to, to pray. And I think what's one of Enoch's biggest things that made him walk with God is he always prayed to God and he found time to do this. In Psalms 5.3 it says, My voice shall thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my path unto thee while I look up. Very important. This this and the quote we heard about about praying every day, I think that's important that we have a devotional life with Christ. I think he wants us every morning to get up, to have our personal devotional time with him. You know, a lot of times we think, well, we don't have time. Well, I get up most every morning around 4.30 because I'm working a few extra jobs to pay some loans off and I told the Lord, you know, you need to get me up 50 minutes earlier, so 15 minutes earlier so I can just have some time with you. And you know what? I wake up 15 minutes earlier. I think no matter what we do, we, if we ask God to give us that time, he will give us that time. It doesn't have to be a lot of time, 15 minutes, an hour, five minutes. But we have to have a relationship with God where we, in the morning, have our devotion and start our day off right. Just like this verse is saying, in the morning, O Lord... I will direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. We need to start our day off with asking God to be with us that day. You know, I also think it's important as families that we have our devotional time with our children. I'm sure Enoch did with Methuselah. I'm sure he told him all the time. I'm sure they had family worship. Family worship is a very important thing that uh, many distractions can come and not make you have family worship. I know. I think it's just another thing we have to pray about. Lord, give us that time to have that family devotion and our own devotion, our individual devotion, but also with our families. Very important, I think, for our walk with God. So Enoch truly did walk with God with his prayer life and his life in that situation that he had every day. He prayed and meditated on God's word. Enoch also had faith. Now faith, we could talk all day about faith. But by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. So Enoch's faith was what helped him get to where he was. He didn't see death because of his faith. It was not found because God had translated him, but before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wouldn't that be great to know that your life pleased God? Boy, isn't that a great thing to attain. Enoch's life pleased God because he had faith in what God was doing in his life. And it caused him not to see death. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven five and 6. Our beautiful chapter there on faith. So through faith, God was pleased. Through Enoch's faith, he was pleased with Enoch. And Enoch certainly did have a lot of faith. Enoch walked with God, was not in the trance or of vision, but in all the duties of his life, he did not hermit, shutting himself entirely from the world, for he had a work to do for God and the world. Enoch, and this is great, I think you should all go home tonight and read Acts of the Apostles on the chapter on Seth and Enoch. I mean, there's so much in there that we couldn't, I could not put in this sermon. I mean, Enoch had such a burden. That was his burden in life. He wanted everybody. He saw the evil in the world. He saw the people being ungodly, and he wanted everybody to see that God loved them and that he wanted everybody to have a relationship like he did with God. And his, his mission was to go tell people about God. And every day he would, I'm sure he would every day not go without a day to tell somebody about what God has done for him in his life. And now we should get closer to God. But yet he didn't just do that. We also saw before there was balance. He also didn't spend all his time there. He would go pray and he would meditate so that he would have strength to come back and tell people about God. So I think we can get in two extremes there. We can either be one or the other. When God, Enoch seems so balanced in the Bible here. He's so balanced. He's got some personal time with God, but yet he goes out and he tells people about God. And we know we've had several sermons on just passing out those little flyers and literature as a great way to tell people about God. I personally like to put it in the envelopes and send it to people. That's a wonderful thing. For God loved Enoch, and Enoch loved God. And just a little bit about faith, just a review. Hebrews 1.11 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. And I looked up in the Webster's Dictionary, which is, you can just, I put these on the same slide here because you can see how close they are. Faith is the complete acceptance of a truth which cannot be demonstrated or proved by the process of logical thought. Think of all the truths in the Bible. We take creation or, you know, is it logical to think in our minds that someone said speak and creation was done? Is that a logical thing for our minds? Not really. But through faith, we believe it because we believe God, don't we? We believe that God did it. That's by faith that we do that. And so I think that's very close. What Hebrew says and what Webster says are very close. To the same thing by acceptance of truth, which cannot be demonstrated or proved by the process of logical thought, evidence of things not seen. Faith is one of those things that we just have faith that it happened, right? We accept it. We accept that God died for us on the cross. We can't prove it nowadays, but we accept it. And we know that it's true because God gives us evidence of such things, doesn't he? So Enoch walked with God with his faith. He truly loved God. He prayed, and he also had faith, and he continued his walk with God. But Enoch also had a focus in life. Through his faith and through his prayer life, he had a focus. Enoch's heart was upon eternal treasures. His mind, his heart, his conversation were in heaven. He might have been on this earth, but his heart and his mind and his treasure was in heaven. The greater the existing iniquity, the more earnest was his longing for the home of God. Are we like that today? Do we every day see the evil of this earth and think, boy, I wish I was up there in heaven? Or do we think, boy, I wish I had this. Boy, that's a cool car. I wish I had that before, this, before I die. Where's our uh, focus sometimes? The more earnest was his longing for the home of God while still on this earth. He dwelt by faith in the realms of light. I think that's just a beautiful quote I think that sums up where we need to be in our focus his mind his heart his conversation we're in heaven thank God that's God's will God's will for our lives is the same we need to have our hearts our minds our conversation everything about us to be totally focused on God because he is coming soon and he wants us to not maybe be in this world to tell people about him but he doesn't want us to be a part of this world he wants us to be separate from this world and he calls us to be separate from this world, just like Enoch. So you kind of wonder, you have to ask yourself, where is your heart? I know I have a ways to go, but this week I've learned a lot. You know, Matthew 5, eight says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want my heart to be pure because I want to see God. Matthew 5.8. I have a story about focus. I'm a, I'm a flight instructor, do it part-time. And I have students, and this is an instrument panel of an airplane. I, think this, I mean, I don't know, a lot of you won't know what that is, but there are certain instruments here. And as you first learn to fly, you get in the airplane with the instructor, and you look at all those instruments, and you go, Wow, there's a lot of instruments there. And I have no idea what they do. And you don't know what they do. It's kind of like your Christian faith. There's a lot to do, right? But you really don't know. You just kind of get into it, and pretty soon you learn which instrument does this and which instrument does that you learn this truth and you learn that truth and there's there and and you learn that there's basic truths in your christian walk and then there's other things that you learn that are just like on the side but they're important that's the same way with the flying there's certain instruments that are very important for flying to make sure you stay in the air and there's certain other things like radios and navigation that you use to just guide you in the way that you should go and what can happen is as you get your private license, you go on to get your instrument license where you fly in the clouds and you, you you have to rely on these instruments. Just like in the Bible, we have to rely on the Bible. That's our instrument in our walk with God. We have to rely on the Bible, don't we? We have to walk with God. We have to w- rely on that Bible. Well, As you start to fly, you start to get instruments where you start to look at these instruments. And you'll notice as an instructor, I've noticed this many times that as you start to put more onto onto them, they start to look more at the other stuff, and they forget about that basic stuff. And pretty soon the airplane's doing things that really it shouldn't do. The nose is going up, or the nose is going down, or you're going over here, or you're going over here, and you're not going where you're supposed to go. And you have to kind of prod the student, hey, look at the instruments. Look at those instruments over there. The ones that are keeping you in the air, the ones that keep you at the right altitude, the right airspeed, the right heading. Those are important right now. Don't look at that radio over there communicating with that tower because if you crash, that's not going to make a difference. And I think that's so much like our, our walk with God and our focus. Sometimes we get so involved in other things, it might be something good. Maybe we're so involved in the church work and so forth that we forget to have our daily devotions because we're so busy doing good things, we forget our focus. Our focus should be on those instruments that give us close to God and keep us on the right track. And it might be a good thing, it might be bad things, but sometimes I think the Lord needs to wake us up and get us back on focus. And I think it's so important that we do so. Enoch walked certainly with God and he had his focus. His focus was on eternal things, not things in this earth, but things that he wanted to be in heaven with God. He wanted to converse with God in heavenly things. And I think so much that's where we need to be. We can learn a lot from Enoch by that. We need to have, I think, like Enoch, we need to have a better prayer life. At least I do. I would hope you do. We need to have a stronger faith. That's a hard thing to ask for sometimes because sometimes when we ask for faith, we have trials and trials come to our life, don't we? Because that's how sometimes our faith is strengthened, by Trials. And we need to find our focus. We need to have a focus, whatever that might be. It might be different for different people, but it's all going to I think point to heavenward. In our prayer life, if we ask in prayer for our needs, He is willing to give it to us. Matthew twenty one twenty two tells us that all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. What's it say? In all things, whatsoever ye ask in prayer. Believing ye shall receive. It might not be receiving it the way you think you should receive it. It might be God's way of telling you how you should receive it. But we'll receive what's right for us. If we truly pour out our hearts in unselfish prayer and truly want God to lead us, he will answer our prayers. He's answered my prayers many times. And I'm sure it's been the same with everyone out there. He's answered your prayers. Like Enoch, we need to have a faith that works to tell others about Jesus You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says faith without works is dead in Romans. I think that's so true. Enoch lived his faith. He not only had faith, he took his faith and put it into action. And I think that's one way he grew in faith, because as you work out your faith, you get more faith. And I think that's a great thing. We need to have a relationship so close to Jesus that we have an urgency to let them let them know that Jesus loves them. And once them to be with him in heaven. Whoever we meet, he wants us to tell people that, hey, Jesus died for you. Just like Enoch did. I'm sure Enoch, of course, Enoch, Enoch was before that, but he knew that God was coming. He wanted everyone to know that God was going to pay the price for his sins. He heard that from Adam on Adam's lap. Straight from the source. I think that was a great thing. He truly wanted to be in heaven with Jesus. And he wanted everyone around him to be in heaven with Jesus. It wasn't just him. He wasn't selfish about it. It brings me to another story. It's a story I heard from a test pilot for the Air Force. And he told this story in a devotional thing he had about, a, about he was flying in the L.A. area above the clouds. And he heard this approach control on the approach control. He heard this guy. He was a private pilot who didn't fly in the clouds. He got himself into trouble above the clouds. Sometimes like we get ourselves into trouble we get above the clouds, we can't see where our, our bearings are, and we get where we need help. Well, this gentleman needed help. He couldn't get down through those clouds, because if he got into those clouds, he would certainly die. Because he would lose his bearing, and he would lose control of his airplane. Well, the approach control was asking people if anyone was up there that could help this guy get down through the clouds. And this guy in this Air Force jet said, I can help him. So, he went and he found this guy, he was flying a little airplane, and This gentleman in this in this jet, in this Air Force jet, came and found him and said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to play right by me. You're going to stay right by my wing. You're going to stay close. And I'm going to do this instrument approach through these clouds and we're going to get you down on the ground. Now, does this gentleman who's in the clouds of trouble, does he have to have faith in this Air Force pilot? Just like don't we have to have faith sometimes that God gets us through our troubled clouds. Sometimes we get into clouds and we can't see our focus. And he needs to help us to get down through these clouds. Well, they started on this approach, and he had to stay close to this guy. Don't we have to stay pretty close if it's cloudy? Like if you've driven in the fog, you can lose your bearings pretty quick. You can, if the person gets too close ahead of you and you get too far behind him, you can't see him, right? Same thing here. He had to stay close to that jet. That's like we have to stay close to Christ. If we get too far away, we lose sight. We can't find him, and now we're in trouble. We're in the clouds. We have no direction. We lose our way. We have to find Christ, and we've got to stay on him. And they flew down, and they broke out on the other side of these clouds. And lo and behold, there was the ground. This pilot was probably feeling pretty good now. Okay, whew. I'm safe. I'm down below the clouds. And as he got closer to the runway, now this is a beautiful sight. If you've ever, if any of the pilots out there have ever shot an approach through the clouds, it's real sunny on top. Beautiful. It's just beautiful. You're flying along happy-go-lucky. Then you look down and say, ooh, there's clouds. Sometimes like our walk. We think we're just great. We don't need God. It's sunny. It's great. And then we get into some troubled times and some clouds and some rain clouds. It gets a little bumpy and dark and rainy. And then we break out underneath. And this is the best thing you ever see is a runway with lights because you know that that runway is where I'm going to be and I'm going to be safe. Because that runway is where I'm going to land and I'm going to get my feet planted back on the ground and have a little bit more of a foundation. I think Christ is like that. Sometimes he puts us through troublous times so we get back on our firm foundation with him. And as you did that, this man landed his airplane. And I bet you he was very indebted to that gentleman, wasn't he? That gentleman that helped him. Just like we need to be indebted to Christ for guiding us through our life. And like Enoch, we need to have a good prayer life. We need to have faith that grows and works for God. If we do that, we might not be translated on this earth, although maybe we will. We hope so, huh? Maybe Christ will come soon enough and we'll be Enoch's of this time and we won't see death. But even if we do see death, if we do and live our lives like that, we know we have assurance that Christ will come back and pick us up. And take us to heaven, and one day we can sit on Enoch's lap and have him tell us about how his faith was Christ. And I just can't wait for that. Enoch has been—it's it's more than I ever thought I would do for this sermon. <laughs> he is just so such an inspiration to us that he loved God so much that he followed in his footsteps, and he he wanted everything to be in his life just what Jesus wanted him to be. And just like that, I think we need to be like that. We need to be Christians. And so our our closing song today is going to be page three nineteen. Lord, I want to be a Christian.
1: I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my be my life.
0: our heads. Father in heaven, we ask that you help us to be more like Jesus each and every day, that we might be like Enoch and have a relationship with you, that you might truly say that we walk with you. We ask for this this week, and we ask earnestly that you be with us. In your name, amen.